friends. Are you looking for a new podcast? Maybe something you can share with your littles? Something that has some storytelling in it? Well, then look no further. We have Storytime with Philip and Mommy, where my son and I sit and discuss all the great books that you might love while we read them. So, Little Golden Books, Berenstain Bears, and even the new classics like Bluey. We sit down, we read, we discuss, and we have so much fun doing it. Come and join us. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, it's The Reading Book. Today's episode of Reading Book Adventures is sponsored by Scholastic and the second book in the Nat Enough series, Forget Me Nat, by Maria Scriven. Please support our sponsor and purchase Nat Enough and Forget Me Nat at thereadingbug.com or your local independent bookstore. Hi, reader. We're back for another episode of Reading Bug Adventures, written, performed, and produced by The Reading Bug, our independent bookstore in California. Thank you so much for your continued support, especially during this challenging year. The year is coming to a close, but there's still time to get your holiday shopping done. Please consider supporting our family-owned small business this year and sign up everyone on your nice list for a Reading Bug Box subscription at readingbugbox.com. Reading Bug Box brings the special small bookstore touch right to your doorstep with a perfectly personalized selection of books, selected by me and our bookstore experts to match the unique age, interests, and reading level of every young reader. It's an extra special gift this holiday season. Or you can shop with us at thereadingbug.com, where you can choose from millions of books and gifts, board games, recommendations from our staff, or even select custom care packages handpicked with love. Thanks for all your support. And a big thank you, too, to Resonate Recordings, who does the sound mixing and mastery for every Reading Bug Adventures episode, and to Zencaster, which we use for remote recording during these challenging times. And finally, a great big thank you to our sponsors and to all of you for helping us continue to make this podcast. It takes a lot of time to write and record every episode and every song, and we couldn't do it without your help. A big thank you and hello to our latest patrons, Felicity and Toby from Seattle, Cole, Rafi and Ido from Belgium, Bowie, Harris, Truman and Tina, Jack and Nalini, and Adrian. You're all a part of what makes Reading Bug Adventures possible. To become a patron and support our work, please visit patreon.com slash readingbugadventures. Okay, reader, are you ready for another adventure with me and the reading bug? Great! Then let's fly. It's time for a reading bug adventure. It's a reading bug adventure. There's lots of fun in store. Just inside our book bag, there's new places to explore. Grab your crayons and paper and your imaginations too. The Reading Bug and I can't wait to share our trip with you. Hi, Reader. I'm so, so happy you could join us for another exciting adventure today. Have you been reading since our last adventure? Me too. I wonder what the reading bug has been reading, don't you? Her books help determine where we'll be adventuring together, and I just can't wait to find out. Oh, and I brought a rain jacket with me, just like the reading bug asked me to, and one for you too. Here you go. I guess we must be going someplace where it's going to be rainy or wet, right? Where do you think we might be going today? Hi, Lauren. Hi, reader. I'm so glad you made it. Oh, and I see you remember to bring your rain gear. I'm pretty sure we'll need it where we're headed. You know, I have a very special adventure planned for us. I'm sure you do, Reading Bug. We're just wondering where we might be adventuring today. Want to tell us what you've got in store for us? Well, I can't just tell you. You'll need to guess. But 
allow me to shed some light on it for you by reading the titles of some of the books in my book bag. I brought Of Salt and Shore by Annette Schaap, The Storm by Cynthia Ryland, Our Castle by the Sea by Lucy Strain, and... Hmm, Salt and Shore sounds like a book about oceans and seashores. It sure is. And Our Castle by the Sea sounds like it takes place near the ocean, too. But The Storm... I can't figure it out, Reading Bug. I haven't the foggiest idea where we're going. The foggiest idea? Good one, Lauren. Wait, what? Fog? Seashore? Light? These are all clues. And the raincoats, of course. Hmm. Here's one more book for you, Lauren. The Boxcar Children, The Lighthouse Mystery by Gertrude Chandler Warner. Know where we're going now? Raincoats? Fog? Seashores and light houses. We're visiting a lighthouse today, aren't we, Reading Bug? Yes, yes, yes. You guessed it, Lauren. We are going on a lighthouse adventure. That sounds like fun. And it doesn't sound too dangerous either, does it, Reader? Oh, how I'd love to take a tour of a lighthouse and then settle down inside to read a good book while listening to the sounds of the ocean outside. Lauren, it's true that many lighthouses have been converted into museums or cozy bed and breakfast inns. But living in a lighthouse, or even visiting one, can be very dangerous. Lighthouses used to be very important for boat safety and were built all over the world to mark dangerous coastlines and other ocean hazards, shining their lights out to sea to warn ship captains. Each lighthouse requires someone to operate the light, a lighthouse operator, and sometimes their whole family would live in or near the lighthouse despite danger. Lighthouses were targets for lightning during hurricanes and other coastal storms. The oil used to light the beacons sometimes caused fire that destroyed the lighthouses, and giant waves could sweep over the land and destroy everything in sight. Some lighthouses were even attacked by foreign enemies during wartime. Oh, fire, storms, lightning, wind, tidal waves, attacks! That doesn't sound very cozy at all. In fact, it sounds awfully dangerous. A little bit of danger is what makes our adventure so exciting, isn't it, reader? And you are braver than you think. Remember what the Wizard of Oz told the Cowardly Lion. You have plenty of courage, I'm sure. All you need is confidence in yourself. There is no living thing that is not afraid when it faces danger. The true courage is in facing danger when you are afraid. And that kind of courage you have in plenty. I don't know. Reading a good book nestled inside a cozy lighthouse was sounding pretty good. Reader. Do you think that we're brave enough for this adventure? You do? Well, then so do I. Let's do it. <laughs> Why don't you tell us a little bit more about where we're going on our lighthouse adventure today, Reading Bug? I'd be happy to. I've been reading lots and lots of books about lighthouses. Like I mentioned, a lighthouse is a tall building that has a light or beacon near the top to shine out to sea, warning ships of nearby danger, a coastline or a shallow reef. The lighthouse light usually turns in a circle so that ships can see the flashing light. The first lighthouse ever built was the Pharaoh's Lighthouse, which was located on the island of Pharaohs in Egypt, close to where the Nile River meets the Mediterranean Sea. We've been there. Are we heading back to Egypt to see the first lighthouse reading bug? As much as I'd love to visit Egypt again, Lauren, we're not heading back there on this adventure. We're going to stay in the United States and visit the very first lighthouse built in America, the Boston Light. The Boston Light was built on Little Brewster Island in Boston Harbor in 1719. At the time it was built, there were only about 70 lighthouses in the whole world. Now there are more than 18,000 of them. Wow, that's a historic lighthouse for sure. 
It sure is. In 1774, during the American Revolution, the British even took over the Boston Light. But in July of 1775, Massachusetts patriots destroyed the lighthouse to prevent the British from using it for their benefit. Destroyed? Oh no! Are we going to visit the Boston Light during the American Revolution then? No, we don't need to go that far back to visit the Boston Light, because it was rebuilt in 1783, and it is still standing today. You can visit it if you're ever near Boston Harbor. On today's adventure, though, we're going back in time about 130 years to visit the Boston Light in 1890. That sounds like fun! But before we start our adventure, I think we should stretch out to make sure our bodies are limber and ready for whatever awaits. What a bright idea, Lauren! I have a feeling that we're in for a lot of hard work. I read in Lighthouses for Kids by Catherine House that it was extremely hard work to be a lighthouse keeper or a member of the lighthouse keeper's family in the late 1800s. Keepers worked for 24 hours a day to keep their lamp burning, and they had to keep the windows clean so that sailors could see the light. They were also required to record every detail of every day in logbooks, and frequently had to rescue shipwrecked sailors or vessels in distress. We're definitely going to need to be limber and ready to help the Boston Lights Lighthouse Keeper. Well then, let's all stretch out our arms and legs together, reader. That's it. Go ahead and stand up, unless you're buckled into your car or tucked into your bed, and wiggle your fingers and toes. Are you wiggling? Great! Now, stretch your arms high up over your head. Perfect! Stretch up high, touch the sky, crouch down low and wiggle your toes. Swing your arms from side to side, let's get ready to go. Stretch up high, touch the sky, crouch down low and wiggle your toes. Swing your arms from side to side, now we're ready to go. Oh yeah, thanks for the stretches, Lauren. They really helped. And now, I'm super excited to get started on our lighthouse adventure. Aren't you? I sure am. But before we take off, I hope you remembered to bring some paper and crayons with you, reader. Just like the illustrators of our favorite books, pictures are how we can retell the story of our adventure once we've returned home. With your paper and crayons, you can draw pictures of all the things we see and do today on our adventure. I'll play some music at the end of today's podcast for you to color to. But you can color anything at any time. And if you need a little more time to complete your pictures, just press pause or have a grown-up do it for you. Excellent. This is an adventure that definitely shouldn't be missed. <laughs> Are you ready to get going? I sure am. Are you a reader? Great. Then here we go. Magic book bag, please take us on another flight. Back in time to see the Boston Light. We'd like to learn about the lighthouse on Little Brewster Isle and visit with the keeper and his family for a while. Wow, look at that! The Reading Bug's book bag is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Big enough to fit us all inside. And inside the book bag, there are pictures swirling around and around from all the exciting books about lighthouses the Reading Bug has been reading. I see lots and lots of sea and shore, but I also see all kinds of lighthouses. There are round lighthouses, square lighthouses, and lighthouses that are shaped like cylinders. Some lighthouses look like upside-down ice cream cones and others look like electrical towers. And the lighthouses are painted different colors, too. Many of them are white, but some are painted in dark colors. Most of them have red or white stripes, and all of the lighthouses have bright beacons at the top, shining out to the sea. I see storms and shipwrecks and waves crashing against the lighthouse walls. And I see lots and lots of new words floating by, like Fresnel, 
lightboats, horology, stag stations, bosun's chair, and wiki. Wiki? <laughs> I wonder what that funny word means. Maybe we'll find out on our adventure today. Okay, everyone. On the count of three, let's hop into the book bag and be on our way to Boston Harbor. 130 years ago. Are you ready? Okay, then. One, two, three, jump! Let's jump inside our book bag. What will we find there? Imaginations run away. What's in our book bag? Our trusty book bag. What will we learn about today? Oh, look what's happening. Now that we're inside the Reading Bug's magic book bag, the lights are flashing and the pictures and words are circling all around us. Here we go. Everything below us is quickly fading away, and people on the ground are looking smaller and smaller as we fly higher and higher up into the sky. And look, my watch is counting backwards. That means we're going back in time, just like you said, Reading Bug. In the distance, I see a large body of water. That must be the Atlantic Ocean. And I see a city, too, right at the water's edge, but... It doesn't look like a modern city. There aren't many lights in the buildings, and I don't see any cars on the street. Lauren, reader, look! Straight ahead! It's a brilliant, flashing beam of light, guiding us in for a landing. It's the lighthouse! We're beginning our descent, but it looks pretty foggy down below, and the sea is especially wild, crashing against the rocks of the shore. This could be a dangerous landing. Everyone, hold on tight! We made it! Is everyone okay? I wonder what we've landed on. It's not soft like sand or grass. The ground below us feels like hard rocks. And, uh uh-oh, it looks like the book bag is starting to get wet. Look! We need to get out of here before the bag floods with water. Quickly, everyone, follow me. Where are we, Reading Bug? We're by the ocean, all right. The waves and sea spray are whipping all around us. Good thing we brought the rain gear. But where's the lighthouse? I can't see much of anything in this weather. Look, Lauren, up there. See the flashing light above us? That must be coming from the lighthouse. We made it to the Boston Light. But, Bug, we're really far below it. How will we ever get all the way up there? Look, we landed in a tidal pool, and it seems to be at the bottom of a steep and rocky cliff that juts out into the ocean, way below the top of the lighthouse. You're probably right, Lauren. It is a tidal pool. That means that it's probably low tide right now. Ocean tides are caused by the gravitational pull of the moon. And at low tide, the ocean levels are at their lowest, exposing tide pools, like this one. But that means that this spot will likely be underwater as soon as the tide comes in. Lauren, reader, we're going to have to find a way to get to the top of this cliff before it's too late. Otherwise, we'll need to hop back in the book bag and end our adventure before it even begins. Do you have any ideas? Reading Bug, before we left, didn't you say that lighthouse keepers and sometimes their families lived at their lighthouses? Yes. Well then, what if we call out and see if anyone hears us? Maybe they can rescue us. Great idea, Lauren. Yes. Let's all yell loudly together so our voices can rise above the noise of the crashing waves. Are you ready? Help, can anybody hear us? Down here. We're down, down here. here. Help us. Look down here. Can anybody hear me? Hello? Hello? Where are you? I can hear you and I'll help you. But I need to find you first. We're over here. Down below you. 
We're at the base of the cliffs, near the tidal pools, far beneath the lighthouse. Oh, yes, I can see you now. How did you get down there? Did your shipwreck on the rocks? I don't see any wreckage. No, no, we didn't come here in a ship. It's, well, it's a long story, and we'll be happy to tell you later. But right now, we need your help. We need to get up the cliff to the lighthouse before the tide comes in. Can you help us? Well, there's only one way from where you are. We're going to have to use the bosun's chair. I'll throw it down to you. Hold tight. Did he say blossom chair? No, Lauren. Bosun's chair. It's a plank or a piece of heavy canvas that is used to suspend a person from a rope. Oh, you're right, reading bug. Reader, look! The bosun's chair is heading down the rope toward us. It looks like a swing that you might hang from a tree. Here comes the chair. Get in and then make sure you don't fall off and crash into the ocean or the rocks. Fall off the swing? Doesn't the bosun's chair have a seatbelt or harness? Raider, it's really, really windy here, and I can't imagine riding in that flimsy swing all the way up to the lighthouse. Lauren, I'm afraid there's no seatbelt. You're going to need to use your own safety devices. Your hands! Just hold on tight, no matter what. This is really, really scary. But so are the waves crashing around us. I don't think we have a choice but to ride the bosun's chair, do you? Okay, reader. Let's sit together on this plank of wood and hold on tight. Okay, I'm going to start pulling you up now. The chair's rope is on a pulley system, so I should be able to pull you up by myself. Did he say he'd pull us up himself? But he's just a little boy. The pulley should help, but if he lets go of the rope, I'm afraid the chair will fall and send you both crashing into the ocean or the rocks. Crashing? I'm not sure we should. Okay, here we go. Simon, Simon, come help me pull the bosun's chair. Hey, Simon, Simon, where'd you go? Sarah, I need your help, quickly. Come help me with the bosun's chair. I can't pull it up alone. I'm coming. Whoa. Here we go. Hold on tight. You're heading way up over the rocks. I'm trying, Reading Bug. We're holding on tight, but it's hard. It's so cold that my fingers are starting to freeze, and that makes it really hard to hold on. Yikes! This is even harder than I thought. The wind is blowing around us like we're kites on a windy day. And you know what happens to kites when it gets too windy? They crash! Hold on! You're almost halfway there! Halfway? That's all? I feel like we've jumped from a bungee cord in an amusement park. But this isn't amusing at all. And now it's starting to rain? I didn't think things could get any worse, but the rain is making the plank slippery and I'm afraid we're going to slide off. I'm not sure I can hang on much longer. You're doing great. Just keep holding on tight. We need to get you up here before the lightning gets any closer. Dangling high out here, you make a fine target for a lightning strike. Ah, uh, a lightning strike? Reading Bug, you said that there might be wind or a storm or lightning on our adventure, but you didn't tell me that Reader and I were going to have to swing in the cold, perched on a plank, and hovering over a rocky ridge in the middle of roaring winds, rain, thunder, and lightning. And with all the movement, I'm starting to get a little motion sick, too. Don't look down, Lauren, but it's even worse down on the rocks where we came from. The tide has begun to come in, and waves are crashing up higher over the tide pools. 
If we'd stayed down there any longer, we would have been swept into the ocean or crushed into the rocks for sure. You made it! You made it! We made it? Ah, we made it! Breeder, breeding bug, look! We're at the top of the rope on solid ground again. Oh, thank goodness! Thank you, thank you, thank you for rescuing us. That was really, really scary. You did great. My family and I have rescued a few shipwrecked sailors off the rocks in the bosun chair since my father became the lighthouse keeper here. And every one of them was terrified. And you did an excellent job hauling us up. My name is Lauren, and this is the reading bug and our reader friend. We're on an adventure today to visit the Boston Light. Well, Lauren, my name is Bastion, and this is my sister, Sarah. And if you came to see the Boston Light, you're in the right place. But let's get you inside where it's a little drier. Just a second, Bastion. You're adventurers, you say? Well, then, how did you get here? I don't see a boat anywhere, and no one can reach Little Brewster Island without one. Who are you, really? Sarah, father said I was in charge while he was away. Bastion, you're only ten, and father told you to carry the oil cans to the lantern room before the storm starts, not to invite strange travelers into the lighthouse. There are still three large cans of oil, and they won't walk up 75 iron stairs by themselves, and besides, you called me over here, don't you remember? Yes, but just to help with the bosun chair, you're only 17 and you're supposed to be cleaning the inside of the lantern room windows. Yeah, but I should be washing the outside of the windows, except Father says that that's not women's work, whatever that means. I've used the rope ladder to reach the lantern room galley and clean those windows lots of times before. So what's changed now? It's just that Simon is here now, and Father has a lighthouse apprentice. Bastion, Sarah, it's really starting to pour now. Do you mind if we find some shelter? I assure you, we are harmless. We didn't arrive here by ship, but rather by time travel. You see, we can travel anywhere using the magic of the Reading Bug's book bag, and our imaginations, of course. Time travel? Sarah, that's just like the story I read in one of the books in our lighthouse library, The Clock That Went Backward by Edward Page Mitchell. In that story, two boys discover that their aunt's clock reverses the flow of time when it runs backwards, and the boys have an amazing adventure when they travel back in time to the 16th century Spanish-Anglo War. Are you adventures like that? Oh, pish-posh, Bastion. That was just a silly made-up story. Your head may be stuck in the library books, but we live in the real world, and there's no such thing as time travel. Your imagination is getting the better of you again. Now, Lauren, how did you really get here? It's true, Sarah. We used the Reading Bug's book bag to travel here. It takes us to whatever place and time she's been reading about in the books that fill her bag. And she's been reading all about lighthouses lately. I sure have. The Boston Light is located on Little Brewster Island and was first lit in 1716 to help guide ships in and out of Boston Harbor. Thomas Edison's light bulbs are still not widely available, especially not for lighthouses, so this lighthouse must use oil for fuel to create a light that shines out over the sea. Oh no, the oil! I nearly forgot! Bastion, you'd better get the oil up the stairs to the lantern room before Father gets back. 
Okay, okay. As for you, Buck, I can see you've done your reading. I may not know where you've come from, or how you landed on the rocks of Little Brewster Island, but I'd be happy to teach you more about our family's lighthouse. Follow me. Let's get out of this rain. Gladly. Lead the way, Sarah. Ah, here we are. Come on inside. The Boston Light is a cottage-style lighthouse, which means that our living quarters are built into the base of the lighthouse. See? There is a separate keeper's dwelling on the island, but Father Bastion and I like to stay as close as possible to the beacon, so we decided to live in the lighthouse cottage. We've been living here since my father became the lighthouse keeper six years ago. Look around, reader. I love this little cottage, don't you? It's small, but filled with delicious kitchen smells, several cozy stuffed chairs, and a large round dining table. What a cozy little spot, especially on a rainy and gloomy day like today. And is this a model you're building, Sarah? A model of the Statue of Liberty? Yes. We stay pretty busy taking care of the real lighthouse and the other buildings on the island. But there isn't much to do when we're not working or sleeping. My father's hobby is building model lighthouses. Right now, he's working on the Statue of Liberty. But the Statue of Liberty isn't a lighthouse, is it? It used to be a lighthouse, Lauren. In fact, the Statue of Liberty was the first lighthouse in the United States to be lit with electricity. There was an electric light in the torch and around the statue's feet. But the statue was really difficult to light, expensive to maintain, and its light was too weak to guide the ships that arrived in New York Harbor. So, the Lighthouse Board decommissioned it as a lighthouse in 1902. 1902, but... Oh, look! Books! Reader, Lauren, look! It's an entire trunk filled to the brim with books! There's Seasons with the Seahorses by James Lamont, Jane Eyre by Charlotte Bronte, and Walden by Henry David Thoreau. And there's also Little Women by Louisa May Alcott, Treasure Island by Robert Louis Stevenson, and The Jungle Book by Rudyard Kipling. Ah, yes, that's our lighthouse library bug. The American Seamen's Friends Society and the U.S. Lighthouse Board created these portable lighthouse libraries. Every few months, a boat arrives to swap our current library for a new one. That way, each library makes its way through all the nation's lighthouses. It's about time for us to get a new library, and Bastion is not at all happy about it. Treasure Island is his favorite book, and he's not ready to give it up. I can understand. We love books too, Sarah, but it sounds like they're even more important out here on an isolated island. I forgot that you don't have computers or iPads or smartphones. You don't have video games or podcasts or movies to watch. You don't even have electricity here. Computers? iPads? Smartphones? What what are you talking about? Sarah, what's up the stairs here? Oh, that's the way up to the beacon. I can show you, if you'd like. If Bastion was able to get the fuel up there, he and Simon should be starting on the wicking process any minute. Wicking? What's that? Lauren, even though Ben Franklin discovered electricity when he flew a kite during a thunderstorm in 1752, it took another 127 years before Thomas Edison produced a reliable, long-lasting electric light bulb in 1879. By 1890, only a few lighthouses were using electricity for their beacons, but most still used oil to light their lamps. And like candles, oil needs a wick in order to stay lit. Very good, little bug. Before lighting the wick in the oil, the old burned-out part of the wick needs to be trimmed. That's called wicking. 
Bastion usually gets to be the wiki and trim the wick. Of course, I never do, even though I've seen it done enough times, I sure I could. It's my dream to run this lighthouse one day, but Father wants me to be a librarian. He says only boys can be lightkeepers. There are female lighthouse keepers, Sarah, and there will be many more. So don't give up on your dream. Sometimes it takes just one person leading the way for others to follow. That's right. Here, Sarah, clap along with me. You can do great things nobody's done before. Be the keeper of dreams. Open up those doors. So keep on shining. Don't give up the fight. You'll lead the way. You'll provide the light. Yes, climb, climb, climb. Be a beacon of light. You're leading the way, shining through the night. So climb, climb, climb to the tower's top. No time to mope. Hold on to that hope. You can do great things nobody's done before. Be the keeper of dreams. Open up those doors. So keep on shining, don't give up the fight, you'll lead the way, you provide the light. Yes, climb, 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 be a beacon of light, you're leading the way, shining through the night. So climb, climb, climb to the tower's top. No time to mope. Hold on to that hope. Hey, look out the window, Lauren. Is that a boat heading toward the island? It's a small boat. What's it doing out here in this choppy water? Let me see. Oh, I'd recognize that boat anywhere. It's my father's dinghy. And that's my father in the dark blue overcoat with the hat rowing the boat. I was beginning to worry he might not make it back before the storm. He's headed for a tiny harbor where he'll be able to moor the boat and walk right into the island. He should be here in no time. I wouldn't want to be anywhere near the ocean with waves like those. If the storm is going to be as bad as they say, the waves are bound to get much, much worse. And Father has lots of practice using his dinghy to get back and forth from the harbor to the island and rescuing shipwrecked sailors. He has to rescue ships that crash? Oh, yeah. That's one of the jobs of the lighthouse keeper. Of course, we hope the light keeps ships off the rocks, but sometimes visibility is so poor and the winds are so bad that ships crash anyway. And when they do, Father goes out to rescue the survivors, no matter who they are. It wouldn't matter if they were criminals, pirates, or escaped prisoners. Lighthouse keepers have a duty to rescue everyone in distress at sea, no matter who they are or where they come from. Gone? Bastion, no, D did you look everywhere? Everywhere, yes. I've been searching ever since I left you. I'm certain I left it at the steps of the dock when I heard Lauren and her friends calling from the rocks. But when I returned, there was nothing there. But 
It can't have just disappeared. With the storm coming in, we won't be able to make it back to shore to get more. And without the fuel, we won't be able to keep the lamp lit for all the ships at sea. We have to find it. Lauren, Rita, Readingbug, please help us look. If we can't find enough fuel to keep our lantern lit through the storm, many lives and my father's job as a lighthouse keeper will be in danger. Oh, no. Of course we'll help you look, Sarah. We're pretty good detectives, actually, aren't we, Reader? And this case should be an easy one to solve. We're on an island that no one can get to without a boat, and there's no one here except us. And Simon, remember, father's apprentice. He's here, too. Oh, right. And Maximus. Who? Maximus, our dog. I'm sure Maximus didn't take the oil bastion. He's just an old dog who loves to sleep. We also occasionally have visitors on Little Brewster Island, but I don't think I've seen anyone else here today. Well, the good news is that If someone else has taken the oil, we have a very small number of suspects. But why would anyone want to steal your lamp fuel? A very good question, Reading Bug. Reader, who do you think could have taken the oil for the lighthouse beacon? And why? While we all sharpen our sleuthing skills and think about this mystery, I'm going to pause our adventure, and in a few minutes, I'll play some music for us to color to. You can draw illustrations of our adventure to share with your friends and family, or draw pictures of what you think could have happened to the missing fuel. I think I'll draw a picture of us being hauled to safety up the cliffside in the bosun's chair. What are you going to draw? Whatever you draw, I'm sure it will be amazing. And don't forget to return for part two. We're really going to need your help to solve this mystery and make sure all the ships stay safe during this storm. I know we can do it because... When you're a reader, you're a leader. You're ready to learn about everything as you grow. You'll show this world that you can be anything. You could write a book or fly a plane. Build a house with a giant crane. Whatever you do, one thing will be true. There's nothing you can't do. You can see it through just by being you. Thank you for joining me and the Reading Bug on our adventure today, reader. We can't wait to see you next time. In the meantime, if you want to read more about lighthouses and lighthouse keepers, you can find a list of all the books in the Reading Bug's book bag at thereadingbug.com slash adventures. We'll see you really soon. Bye-bye. It's a Reading Bug adventure. There's lots of fun in store. Just inside our book bag, there's new places to explore. Grab your crayons and paper and your imaginations too. The Reading Bug and I can't wait to share our trip with you. Today's episode of Reading Bug Adventures is sponsored by Scholastic and the second book in the Nat Enough series, Forget Me Nat by Maria Scriven. Please support our sponsor and purchase Nat Enough and Forget Me Nat at thereadingbug.com or your local independent bookstore. Hey, Lauren. Hi, Reading Bug. Uh, what's wrong? You're not sounding like your usual chipper self. In fact, you sound sad. Well, you know, I'm just not feeling like myself lately. I think I need a boost of confidence. Confidence? Reading bug, you're always super confident. But if you need a boost, I have just the series for you. Nat Enough and Forget Me Nat are two fantastic books about Natalie, a creative girl with a huge imagination who sometimes struggles with her self-confidence. 
reading always makes you feel better and you love graphic novels, so I think this might be a really good fit. Lauren, those books are on my to-be-read list. Nat Enough is a New York Times bestseller written by cartoonist Maria Scriven. And the second book, Forget Me Nat, just released recently. And did you know that the series is semi-autobiographical? That means that the author pulled inspiration from her own childhood. Yes. The series combines a quirky, relatable humor with a heartfelt, positive message about being true to yourself. And I'm thrilled to recommend it to you and to all of our listeners. Thanks, Lauren. What a great idea. I'm going to read the Nat Enough books right now. If you want to read them too, you can purchase Nat Enough and Forget Me Nat by Maria Scriven at thereadingbug.com or your local independent bookstore. Thank you to Scholastic for their continued support. And thanks to all of our individual sponsors as well. If you're interested in becoming a patron, please visit our page at patreon.com. Thank you for listening to Reading Bug Adventures. I'm Lauren Savage, and today's adventure was an original story written by Diane and Brandon Savage. This episode was performed by me, Chloe, and Brandon Savage, and by Julie Beckham, Declan Polly, and Ryan Polly. Original music was written and performed by me. Sound mixing and mastery is by Resonate Recordings. The Reading Bug is our family-owned independent bookstore in California, and we're passionate about educating, entertaining, and engaging children of all ages. Learn more about us at thereadingbug.com and our personalized subscription service at readingbugbox.com. Thank you. Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Calling all trivia nerds, Brittany here, and I host the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast with my best friend, Meredith. Is your next car ride looking like a snooze fest? We've got The Cure, three rounds of awesome trivia every week. Harry Potter, Disney, science, sports, you name it. No more silent car troubles. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Connect, laugh, and learn with your kids, big and small. <laughs> New episodes every week, wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Podcast.